All right, Josh. So there's a couple different ways that you and I split what we do in Curiosity Continuum on the businessy side of things, more than just the talky-talky that everybody hears here. <laughs> right. Because, yeah, because we're trying to do more than just the talky-talky stuff. So there is the business management portion and the people management portion. And these two things kind of have to be held in good balance and tension to have a, a functional, effective organization. Usually, yes. Sometimes. <laughs> At least for the long term. Yes, does. for a long term longevity. Yep. So how do we balance these two things? Josh has a particularly uh, interesting point of view as far as training and managing people that I want him to talk to about specifically, because oftentimes when you talk about businessy things and you talk about people-y things, they're kind of separate. But we'll try to sprinkle this together to see how this can work. Because if you look at some of the best companies, this is how they work. Yeah. So let's talk about this today, huh? Launch out onto the loop today on Curiosity Continuum. Hey everybody, this is Brian. And this is Josh. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine and mix essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways not possible outside of creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the conversation. All right, Brian. So you had this idea to kind of like pick my brain on on something. I didn't know what the topic was until we started recording and Brian imparts his wisdom on us. So let's <laughs> so so let's get into it because you kind of alluded to it in the beginning. You wanted to talk about kind of like peoplely management type skilly stuff. I do. Um, and just so everybody knows, Josh said it was my idea. It was his idea to name the holding name for this track. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> it was about him. So <laughs> probably won't be called that when you see the published title. Maybe, but. maybe not. Well, we won't know. <laughs> I want to talk a, a couple different ways because there's been a lot of different things where I have been a an advisor and a consultant and coach yeah. to executives and been in that world. And Josh has also been a leader among uh, departments and divisions. And he's, we've both also held like the low man on the, in the org position to be able to then like climb up in the, in the org and have more responsibilities and more things. But I first want to talk to Josh and let him lead because uh, he had the adventure after high school where he's like, you know, I need to get a job and he got a job and he kind of started there. I want him to share a little bit about that, but then why people chose him to lead others. Okay, so uh, which job do you want me to start with? The warehouse job first. Let's do the warehouse job. Okay, so I mean, um, so I had, I had a job when I I got I got out of col I got out of high school and I was actually going I was planning on going to college, which I did, but I needed a job, so I got this job at a place called Home Place, which was it's like a it's like Bed Bath and Beyond. They're out of business now, unfortunately, but the one I worked at was like a huge had a huge distribution center in the back too. It's like a retail kind of 
front facing, but then they had distribution center and we would do transfers. We took a lot of product in and put a lot of product out. So I was given a lot of like lead responsibilities there, even though that like technically wasn't the lead <laughs> where I managed those people and I did manage them, uh, helped do the scheduling. I did all that kind of stuff back there. So what questions did, do you have on that? So how did you, if you started it, did they lead with the leading that you would do or did they no. kind of see that and then pull you up? Yeah. So like when I first started there, basically I got the job and they just is a receiving. And that was, if you've ever done that kind of work, it's basically like product comes in, you receive it, you make sure it's the correct product. We had to uh, price label it as well. And then we would either store it in the back, push it to a sales floor or transfer it to another, another store that needed it. So that's what I started out doing, just low-level, pretty much grunt work, honestly. So what was the, uh, when did you matriculate? I always like to use that word. I probably use it incorrectly. When did you transition? <laughs> I like that word, and I'm just going to be honest. It sounds good. It sounds really awesome, and yeah. I looked it up. I, I know I'm using it wrong. I just like the sound of the word. When you moved from starting at the job and sure. then being recognized by leadership, what were the things that they said that they noticed about you while you were there that made you stick out amongst others? Honestly, I think like they never really told me what made me stick out. They're just like, Oh, you're really good at your job. You really like doing it. And people seem to like you. That was kind of like what that job would tell them. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to do more with this job. You know, um, I'd like to have a little more and some of the, and I got raises accordingly to that. But I think what it is, is that I was able to see the process that was trying to be done and I could just, understand the process and then find out where we were weak in that process to fix things. And some people like they're really good at just doing the one thing they're told. Right. And so like we had, we had people that would just do that one thing, but when they were like too efficient at that one thing, something else in the process might break down. I'm like, guys, if we just slide this over a little bit, this process is going to be more fluid and then we're not going to be backed up on one end or the other. So that was with that job, that was just kind of like knowing the processes of things and just kind of being able, it was really a methodical job. You had one step, one step, one step. But if there was a problem with any of these steps, it would back up to the beginning, which was our step, you know, so that makes, that makes good sense. So now when you're leading, you're doing scheduling and things, why is it that people listen to you? Like, you know, everybody's like, well, I do my job. Why don't I, you just do your job? <laughs> well, I always wonder that, but I think what, people realize about me is that I really do care about the processes and like the people behind the jobs. Like I'm never focused. I'm always focused on the job, but I'm focused on the job through the people instead of the people through the job. And I don't know if that makes sense because a lot of managers and people who manage people focus so much on the end result of the job that they forget that there's human beings here that make this happen. And when human beings aren't happy or they're not fulfilled or something's going on in their personal life, they're not going to be able to do the job, right? So I always took and led by example, if somebody had issues, I would like to f figure out what was going on. You know, I would talk to them as people first and the job will just happen. That's been always my philosophy. I want to share how I've been the beneficiary of that process where you're seeing people behind the job. I had a leader one time and when I first started out in my career and I was a lead coordinator in travel industry sales and she saw my desire to learn. 
I, I had no business going to leadership classes. You need to have a certain grade level to do it. And uh, her name was Jada. And Jada let me go. She said like, hey, you are showing that you want to and you do well. I would love to make that exception for you. And she signed off on it. And then it was at that thing where I met another guy named Jack who became my first like leader in like my first salary job. Mm-hmm. Now, I had no business <laughs> probably doing that job. But he said, I see something in you where I think you'll be able to figure it out and do it. It was something where he saw me. He didn't see that I just got out of college or I'd just been hired in this other position. It was really something where he saw me. And I'm telling you what, as a person first starting out, when the person who's ahead of you or beside you sees you and helps hold you up, man, what a difference that makes in company culture. Yeah, for sure, right? I mean, it makes you not only feel like you're wanted there, but it makes you feel like that you're actually being allowed to kind of push the boundaries of what you know and what you what you can do at that company. It just makes you feel better. It feels like you have options and it feels like you have a future there. And I, I think for me too, so Josh and I kind of share the thing where we can see processes and understand how things work and break it down and then communicate it out to people. And we've communicated different things. I think where what happens is, again, like Josh said, you see the end result and you're managing to the result. People becomes a also ran in the equation yeah people becomes they become a thing and not a a a resource to be used not this not not like a person right (laughs) i mean even though people are research people are resources but yes you got to manage them correctly so tell me about when you've seen it people treated like a thing where it didn't go well sure where even like in the right thing well we need people to do it and it it might even be a people-centered industry Tell me about that in your experience. There's so many times, and I, I think this is a fallacy of the power dynamic of management. I think management feels sometimes that because they're, quote unquote, above you in the job, right, in the workplace, that they, this power dynamic plays out. It's this ego thing that plays out. And I've seen this so many times where the boss will say something and somebody will say, well, you know legitimate questions on how things are supposed to be done or ran or whatever. And the boss would just be like, that's just the way it is. Cause I'm the boss. And I think that's like the, like the wrong way to do it. I mean, it's not like parenting, right? It's, 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 they're coworkers, they're peers. It's technically we're all supposed to be adults here. You know, it's, and sometimes it just seems like that uh, a real big part of management. Now I've been to management training things, where they train them the correct way. And then when you're like at lunch with those managers and you're talking and they're like, well, what I've heard about with that was that we just tell them what to do. I'm like, that's not, ex- that's not what they saying at all. So I don't know if that's like the fallacy of the training part of it, or if that's a fallacy in that individual manager part of it. Now I'm also a big fan that about 20% of people in management today probably aren't really right fit for management today. They should be doing something else. Like maybe they they just wanted more money or they knew somebody. So they got into these these positions. And I think we've all known these managers that really just see people as like meat and and, and they make it abundantly clear or they're kind of nice to you until stuff starts kind of going off the rails. And I understand that sometimes we just have to get stuff done and sometimes that there's not really a place to question somebody. But at the same time, I also feel that 
if you did it all the other times, the one time when you really have to push the screws to it, everyone's going to accept it, right? They're just going to be like, oh, we really do have to get this done now because this is why. And you can get away with that. And and it's not getting away with it. It's building that trust and that that partnership before stuff happens, right? And that's what's important, I think, is building the relationship before something happens where you have to actually put the screws down and be like, look, we got to do this by Friday because it's just the way it is. So why, when you sit in these management training meetings and they're teaching the right theory, they're teaching the right thing. So now let's assume that there's a 20% number and mm-hmm. those managers now, there shouldn't be managers just by skill set are gone. Yeah. Now you're left with the remaining 80%. Then you still have a percentage of those that don't ever execute what they've been, what they've been taught. To say, yeah. here's how people get managed. There's people who are bringing in their expertise. I also argue that some people should not be coaches <laughs> right, <laughs> or trainers. That's another topic as well. But why do you see the failure to translate the training to the application? I see that it's a, it's a, I think it's like two to three, two to three really good reasons why. One is... The ego of the person that's learning, like there or is or is in those trainings, like they don't feel that that training was talking to them. And I think that that might be a way of the training is because you know how trainings are like you go into them, you sit there, you just there, you're watching a video, you're talking, you have some discussion. There might be some cute little thing about making a ham sandwich and how would you do that with his little steps or whatever. But, you know, there's all these things and people just like, Oh, that's not being aimed at me. I'm not the, I'm not the one that this is for. I already know how to do that. So that's a a problem with people right away is that they're not checking. They're not willing to change the process they've done because they themselves think it's fine. That's one big thing. Another big thing is I think the training is antiquated and I kind of touched on this before it's, it doesn't impress upon the individual the importance of it. It just is thinking, they think it's a box. That, oh, it's a day I don't have to sit at my desk. You know, I'm not at work. I'm not doing my actual job. I'm just doing this. When in reality, this is your actual job, right? Managing people should be a full-time job. And from my experience, when I had even like 10 or 12 people to manage, which is a lot, that that was a full-time job figuring out what they were doing all the time. And make sure everyone was on task and everyone was, you know, we were all having fun, but we were getting stuff done. I think thirdly, it's just, and I've, I've talked about this before too, it's the higher up people that decide we need these trainings, we don't see them interacting with the lower level or the mid-level management either. And so they're learning from example, oh, when I get to this point, I don't have to do this. And I think it's super important to have uh, leadership of a company or direct even people above the leaders, like the leaders, leaders, the C-suite involved in these trainings in some way, whether they're there and they're, they're just, you know, like, look, I'm the CEO. I'm here. I think this is important because people will have a whole new attitude when they see like the managers there. And then they have a whole new attitude when they see leadership there. And those are kind of the things I believe. And I know Brian talked about this a little bit too. This is a great list. And I feel like we should just let people, sit with that for a moment because I think there's a whole other episode or episodes of breaking this out. So thank you for sharing today, my friend. No problem. Um, 
I put you on the spot a little bit, but it, I like what you shared. Why don't yeah, we put a comma here until next time? Yeah, let's do it. We'll put a comma, and then maybe we'll break some of these out into smaller episodes, huh? Sounds good. Until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. <laughs>